There's no denying that building wealth takes time and effort. It's a marathon, not a sprint, as the saying goes. While most good money advice, like living within your means and keeping credit card debt low, is intuitive, many counterintuitive tips can help you achieve huge financial wins. So today's show will highlight nine tips for building wealth that may surprise you. I'll review why they seem to go against the grain, but can lead to more financial success. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Money Girl. I'm thrilled to have you spending some time with me. I'm super excited about this show. If you're a new listener, my name is Laura Adams, and I want to welcome you to this community. I'm an award-winning author and finance expert who's been bringing money tips and weekly advice on this podcast since 2008 with over 40 million downloads. I also work with select brands doing on-camera and writing work as a spokesperson, consumer advocate, and PR consultant. If your company is interested in collaborating, reach out. I'd love to hear from you. Here on Money Girl, you'll hear me talk about a wide range of topics like building credit, managing debt, retirement, investing, real estate, cutting taxes, insurance, money management strategies, entrepreneurship, and lots more. And occasionally, I bring you interviews with money experts and really interesting people. So if you're getting value from the show, don't forget to subscribe and submit a five-star rating or review. And speaking of reviews, I wanted to highlight a recent one from Floor Gitz, who says, I love this show. The information is right to the point and so useful. I enjoy hearing Laura speak her knowledge and greatly appreciate her sharing this information. Well, thank you, Floor. I appreciate that. If you have a money question or a comment, we'd love to hear from you. We have a voicemail line that's set up just for you. All you do is call 302-364-0308. And if you'd like me to feature your voice on the show, let me know. And if you don't want to be featured, that's fine as well. You can also email me using my contact page at lauradadams.com. That's also where you can learn more about my work, award-winning personal finance books, and money courses. All right, let's dig into nine counterintuitive money tips that actually help you build wealth. The first counterintuitive tip is that being too frugal can cost you. This is one of the most counterintuitive tips I've learned. And it's simply that if you just cross the line into being too frugal, it really can be expensive. Yes, frugality could be a virtue that helps you avoid overspending and ultimately get ahead. There's no denying that. But I'm talking about being so miserly that you make unwise decisions that hurt you down the line. For instance, neglecting your medical or dental health or preventive checkups, that could lead to substantial out-of-pocket expenses in the future, even if you have health insurance. While going to the doctor typically comes with some upfront cost, it's essential for preventing potential problems that could become more costly or even require time away from work. Being too frugal includes things like skimping on high-quality food, neglecting home repairs, and not seeking professional advice when needed. The idea is that minor issues typically get a lot bigger and they get more expensive as well in the long run when you don't address them promptly. Another consideration is spending too much time trying to save tiny amounts of money. This could be the case if you or someone you know is an extreme couponer 
You know, you could be undervaluing your time if you spend hours cutting coupons to save a few dollars or you're driving many miles for slightly less expensive gas. I recommend calculating the value of your time per hour after taxes. For example, let's say you earn $100,000 a year. That means you make just over $1,900 a week, and that comes out to $48 per hour based on a 40-hour week. Now, let's say that after taxes, your net hourly rate is $40. If you spend an hour trying to save a dollar or doing something that you could pay someone else to do for, let's say, $20 or $30 an hour, you're undervaluing your time. Sometimes you'd be better off using that hour more productively, maybe to increase your income or even just enjoy leisure time that is pretty spare in your life. While being mindful of your spending is always wise, it's also crucial to know when you become so frugal that it's actually hurting instead of helping your finances over the long run. Okay, the second counterintuitive tip is that spending more can help you save more. So this one is something that's very counterintuitive or very difficult for a lot of people to embrace. You know, this idea that spending more, like investing in quality shoes, appliances, and furniture that lasts longer can be a smarter money move. Paying for more durable or energy-efficient items can definitely help you save money over the long run. For example, purchasing a fuel-efficient or maybe an electric vehicle will likely cost more upfront, but give you savings over the life of ownership that far outweigh the extra initial expense. Likewise, buying energy-efficient home appliances or even installing solar panels can certainly be costly, but cut your utility bills over time. In other words, consider the short and long-term costs of high-dollar purchases. In addition, purchasing everyday goods in bulk costs more upfront, but typically results in a much lower price per unit. And that applies to many items from office supplies to soaps and non-perishable pantry items. Tip number three is buying insurance can save massive amounts. You all know the purpose of insurance is to limit or eliminate financial risk. And in some cases, many people just feel like they're just throwing their money away on premiums. And while some policies like auto insurance and homeowners are required by your state or your lender, you can voluntarily purchase many types of affordable insurance that come with outsized benefits. For instance, term life insurance gives your dependents financial security after your death. They could use the payout to replace lost income, pay off a mortgage, cover education, anything they want. If you're in middle age and relatively healthy, a 20-year term life policy for half a million dollars might cost less than $200 a year, and a million-dollar policy could be less than $800 a year. Travel insurance is another affordable policy with a massive payoff if there's a natural disaster, an accident, or loss when you're on a trip. It covers problems before or during travel, like trip delays or cancellations, lost baggage, stolen baggage, and most importantly, emergency medical coverage, and that includes evacuation, which could be incredibly costly. 
A couple more inexpensive policies are renter's insurance and umbrella liability. Renter's insurance covers some liability and pays for your personal belongings that are lost or damaged after a covered event like a natural disaster, theft, or vandalism. On average, renter's insurance costs less than $200 a year across the U.S. That's an excellent value. And unfortunately, most renters don't buy renter's insurance, so it's a really underutilized policy. And umbrella or personal liability insurance protects you beyond the limits of other policies like your auto insurance or your home or renter's insurance. For instance, you would be fully covered if you've got $50,000 of auto liability and half a million dollars of umbrella liability and you get found at fault for $300,000 of injuries after hurting someone in a car crash. So your auto liability that portion would pay 50000 of the damages, and then your umbrella policy would kick in and pay the remaining $250,000 to the injured party. Otherwise, you would be personally responsible for paying that remaining $250,000. Umbrella liability coverage typically gets sold in half-million or million-dollar increments, and despite the high limits, policies are often quite affordable for the protection you receive. So if you're wondering if you have enough liability protection on your auto and home policies, also shop the cost of an umbrella or personal liability insurance. In most cases, you're going to get more coverage for less. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Money Girl is sponsored by Claritin. If you're like me and you suffer from allergies, you know this time of year can be pretty rough. There's a lot of sneezing, itchy eyes, congestion, and they can really hold you back from living the life you want to live. Luckily, for those with allergies, you can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. This is a product designed for serious allergy sufferers. It's got two ingredients in one pill that relieve allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double-action combo of prescription-strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant relieves all the symptoms that you suffer. And what I love about Claritin D is that it starts working in as little as 30 minutes. Plus, it's non-drowsy, so you can still make the most of your day. I can take Claritin D and then get on the mic and record a podcast without being too congested. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Hey there, I want to tell you about one of my favorite podcasts, Freakonomics Radio. Every week, host and best-selling author Stephen Dubner dives into the hidden side of business, economics, and so much more. He interviews CEOs, historians, and Nobel laureates to explore all kinds of topics, like why the best employees can make the worst bosses 
and how whales went from being economic engines to environmental icons. If you're a curious person looking to better understand the world around you, you'll find everything you're looking for on Freakonomics Radio. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Counterintuitive tip number four, investing during market downturns is wise. When the financial market is down, it may seem counterintuitive to invest money in it. However, downturns are excellent opportunities to buy shares at much lower prices, kind of like they're on sale. The best way to ensure you consistently invest, whether the markets are up or down, is by using dollar cost averaging. That's a strategy where you simply invest the same amount on a routine, on a schedule, like $100 a week or $1,000 a month. You're going to purchase more shares when prices are low and fewer shares when they're high, and that actually smooths out the impact of market volatility over time. Whether investing through a workplace retirement account, a traditional or Roth IRA, or a brokerage account, setting up automatic transfers is one of the best ways to build wealth. That ensures you consistently put money aside and leverage the power of dollar cost averaging even when the market drops. Tip number five, accepting a smaller paycheck could pay off. Taking a lower-paying job may seem counterintuitive for improving your finances. However, it could give you non-financial benefits that lead to more long-term wealth. For instance, if having a better work-life balance allows you to start up a part-time business, go back to school, commute less, work remotely, or even take better care of your health, it could pay off more than taking a job with a higher salary you don't like or with less flexibility. Remember that deciding on a job offer isn't just about the paycheck. Consider the entire compensation package, including valuable benefits like education reimbursement, insurance, paid time off, and getting a retirement plan. And if a lower-paying job allows you to learn more, maybe enjoy a better company culture, get more job security, or have a clear path for career advancement, it might be worth the pay cut. Counterintuitive tip number six, paying your mortgage ahead of schedule isn't always wise. While it might seem like a great idea to be completely debt-free, investing extra money instead of accelerating your mortgage payments could lead to much more wealth in the long run, depending on your mortgage interest rate and potential investment returns, of course. For instance, if you have a low interest rate on your mortgage, like below 5%, it makes sense to invest your extra money where it could earn more than 5%. Over the long run, the stock market has historically provided higher returns than current mortgage rates. Plus, mortgage interest can be tax deductible, allowing you to reduce your mortgage's costs further, making it even more beneficial to stay on schedule and invest your extra money and maybe build emergency savings or even put that extra money toward higher priority, high rate debt. Remember that prematurely paying off your mortgage means you're sacrificing liquidity because that money will not be accessible quickly in a financial crisis. However, you're in terrific financial shape once you have a healthy cash reserve, you regularly max out your retirement contributions, and you eliminate all higher rate debts. Only then should you focus on paying off your mortgage. Tip number seven 
renting may allow you to build wealth faster. The conventional wisdom, especially in the United States, is that buying a home instead of renting is better because you'll build home equity. While homeownership can be an excellent long-term investment with potential price appreciation and tax benefits, it's not the best advice for everyone, depending on the housing market and where you want to live. In many cases, renting and investing the money that you would have used for a down payment, closing costs, furnishings, and home improvements is a wiser option. A primary advantage is having the flexibility to move without the hassle of selling a home. If you expect to move within a few years for work or maybe other family reasons, the cost of buying and selling a home typically outweigh the benefits of homeownership. Additionally, renters get to skip ongoing maintenance and repair costs that can be unpredictable and quite substantial for homeowners. Many people prefer the ease and convenience of renting because it has fewer responsibilities and maybe comes with more amenities. If you're disciplined about investing, you might come out ahead by renting an affordable home and investing more than you would as a homeowner. Over the long term, your investment returns could outpace home appreciation. While landlords can increase rents, renters typically get shielded from the risk of home price declines if there's a real estate downturn, like we saw in the 2008 recession. The decision to rent or buy definitely depends on a lot of factors like the local economy, your current financial circumstances, and your future plans and goals. Number eight, small savings can add up to massive results. It can be counterintuitive to believe that you should save or invest when you can only set aside small amounts. Many people believe they should just wait to invest until they're earning more money or maybe they have a windfall in order to make some significant progress on their financial goals. But it's actually the little financial habits that add up to significant results over time. So the earlier you start saving, the more time your money has to grow. So even if you can only save really tiny amounts regularly, it's actually better than waiting to start because it can lead to significant long-term wealth. And as your income increases, try to increase the amount you save instead of raising your lifestyle expenses. This is known as lifestyle creep. Tiny money habits that may seem insignificant on their own can dramatically impact your ability to build wealth. And lastly, number nine, lazy investing trumps active transactions. Lazy or passive investing is a long-term buy and hold strategy where you purchase a diversified mix of assets and largely leave them alone. For instance, you could buy one or more index funds or exchange-traded funds that track a broad market index like the S&P 500. A passive strategy contrasts active investing, where you try to beat the market by frequently buying and selling individual stocks or other assets based on market predictions or analysis. Lazy investing usually costs less because passive funds, which require less management or research, charge you lower fees, and that improves net returns over the long term. And passive investing also requires less trading, resulting in fewer capital gains, especially in taxable brokerage accounts, and that increases your net returns. 
studies such as the Spiva scorecards and Dalbar, and I'll put links to these in the notes for the show, they show that active investment managers don't consistently outperform the market over the long term. That means passively managed index funds often deliver better returns than most active funds, and they require less time, effort, and financial knowledge for average investors to grow wealth over the long term. Building wealth takes effort, and it usually happens very slowly over time. I have used all of these counterintuitive tips in this show to build my wealth, and I can tell you that not only following intuitive advice, but certainly these counterintuitive financial tips will put you on the path to more financial success. Thanks, everyone, for listening. That's all for now. I'll talk to you next week. Until then, here's to living a richer life. Money Girl is a quick and dirty tips podcast. It's audio engineered by Steve Rickyberg with editing by Adam Cecil. Our podcast and advertising operations specialist is Morgan Christensen. Our digital operations specialist is Holly Hutchins. And our marketing and publicity associate is Davina Tomlin. Davina Tomlin.